speak in the message uh, titled Preparation of the Heart. And uh, I believe this coming Sunday I uh, will go into another question, message. And uh, I think this one is really very important. Uh, I really encourage you to be here on Sunday uh, because I think in my heart, the impact on it for me is, is, is great. And uh, I was getting really excited, got to the hospital today to <laughs> see somebody, but I think it will help your faith. I really believe it will especially with regards to family members, those that are not yet saved, those that may be lost. Uh, it will really help you because he's helping me. Amen. The word of God. Tonight I want to talk uh, about pre- uh, the preparation of the heart. Father, we ask that your spirit speak to us tonight and give us understanding from your word. Your word never returns to you void. It will surely accomplish your word in our heart. Fulfill it, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Preparation of the heart. I'm really big on the preparation of the of the heart with regards to following God. I found that this is the, a key secret uh, to being very st- to stay focused. And to keep going regardless of what comes your way. You have to prepare your heart. Um, That's all you need to do. The Lord will take care of the rest. But you need to prepare your heart. Preparing your heart means you're getting your heart ready. For whatever God wants for your life. Whatever. You're getting your heart ready. I'm ready. Some people just say, well, it's up to the Lord. No, you have to get your heart ready. You're getting your heart ready for the incorruptible seed of the word of God. You have to get yourself ready. I'm going to receive the truth of the word of God. You make yourself ready to receive. Sometimes believers go to church, they just, whatever comes, they are not ready. You got to get your heart ready. I'm going to get something out of God's word today. And guess what? You get something out of it. If you just come into it, whatever happens, you get, you hear a good message, you'll be happy, it was great, you got emotional, you got excited, but when you say, what did you, what was spoken? I don't know, it was good. <laughs> I just don't know what was spoken. You were not ready, you did not prepare your heart. So you prepare your heart to receive the incorruptible seed of the word of God. You also prepare your heart to obey God. Whatever I hear from the word today, I'm going to put it in practice. This is not a social gathering. And I said the other Sunday, our relationship with God is not based on praise and worship. It's not based on prayer. And it's not based on fasting. You can fast all you want. That's not going to make you a child of God. You can praise the Lord. I know, you know, I heard this all along. God created us to worship Him. That's not true. God did not create us to worship Him. I mean, I'll show you. It's, it's there in Genesis chapter 1, right? Think about it. Genesis chapter 1. Let's not mislead ourselves. 
Genesis chapter 1, God said, let us make man in our image. And he told you why? To have dominion, right? When God appeared to Adam in the garden, Adam wasn't saying, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. Did you read that in Genesis 1? It was just fellowship with God and his son, right? And God was showing him what to do. Brought the animals, what would you call them? Was there holy, holy, praising God in there? No, that was not the purpose. Fellowship is the purpose. The praise and worship, prayer, fasting, all of that keep us in good fellowship with our God so that we can be relevant on the earth. Does it? So you make your mark on the earth so that you, your life will show forth the praises of God. When they see what God is doing in your life, then they give glory to your Father in heaven. So because of your life and what God is doing through you, they praise God. So you show forth His praise. But worship is necessary for that relationship. Fasting and prayer, studying of the Word, is to help us have that better relationship with God. And that includes the preparation of your heart to receive the incorruptible seed of the Word of God. Because without the seed of the Word of God, you can do nothing. The power is in this word. The power is in the seed. You need fruit is in the seed. That seed has to be planted in your heart. And then the seed begins to grow in your heart. And then eventually you have the fruit. The ground does nothing but to provide the nutrients. The seed does everything. Just make sure you got a good ground. Make sure the ground is prepared properly. And, and the incorruptible seed of the word of God will do the rest. And the Bible tells us this in Proverbs 16 verse 1. The preparation of the heart belongs to man. The preparations of the heart belong to man. But the answer to the tongue is from the Lord. The preparation of the heart. That's my job. I, God will not do that for me. I've got to get myself ready to receive God's word. I've got to get myself ready. I'm going for God's word. Today, I'm excited. I'm going to go to the house of God, and I'm going to get something out of the word. Regardless of what's preached, if it's the word of God, I'm getting something out of it for my life. And I'm getting ready to obey whatever God is. Is the attitude of the heart. And when that heart is right, believe me, there will be fruit. Why is it necessary for us to prepare our heart? The first thing is your destiny depends on the condition of your heart. Your destiny depends on the condition of your heart. The parable of the sower talks about the wayside heart, the stony heart, the heart with thorns, and the good ground, the good heart. So it is the condition of the heart, not the seed. The word of God is the seed, the Jesus tells us, that's incorruptible seed of the word of God. What will determine the fruit is the condition of the heart, whether the ground is thoroughly prepared. The wayside heart is careless. It don't even care about anything. I just go to church, I got happy, didn't understand the word, didn't care what happened, just felt good. And that was all. Nothing happened. The devil comes and steals the word from him. They like to shout in church, but they don't get anything out of it. It's amazing. I've learned a lot since I've been a pastor. I found out it's not the shouting. 
It's not all emotional stuff because they can be studied. Some of them cannot really be studied. They don't really take time to understand the word and get the word into your heart. Because offense only comes because of the word. Jesus told us that with the stony heart. He says, the stony heart is the heart receives the word. It's full, with, full of joy and with joy it receives the word. But when persecution and tribulation come because of the word, by and by they become offended. So he comes after the word. And Satan will take the word out. So you got to prepare the ground to receive that word. So your destiny depends on that. That's why the Bible tells us, keep your heart, Proverbs 4 verse 23, keep your heart with all diligence. For out of it springs the issues of life. Keep your heart. Who is to keep your heart? You should be, you know, know exactly what kind of seed you want planted in there. No seeds of doubt. Not man's opinion. In, uh, I believe, Second Chronicles chapter 34, we talk about Josiah. You can study that. Uh, they found the word of God in the house of God. There's got to be the word of God in the house of God. And that's what transformed Josiah's life. Because they found the word of God in the house of God. So there's got to be the word of God. You just don't receive man's opinion. We have to have the word of God. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word of God. It's got to be the word of God. Great if you can draw opinions that will help people understand the word of God. From the word of God. But it has to be backed from the word of God. It has to be from the word of God. If it's not from the word of God, you cannot have genuine faith for their deliverance. It's got to come from the word of God. So we have to prepare our hearts because out of the heart, what you allow in your heart, it's not the preparation of your heart and the kind of seed that you allow into your heart is going to determine your destiny. The issues of life. Keep your heart with all diligence. Make sure you're doing right. With what comes into your heart. And your heart is ready. Your heart is not hardened. So you have to keep your heart with all diligence. Because out of it springs the issues of life. Basically what goes into your heart is going to show up in your life. Your heart is not that fleshly pump. You know. Your heart is the real you. Your heart is your spirit. You are a spirit. You live in the body, you have a soul. Your spirit, when you are born again, that's new, it's renewed. But your mind is not renewed. If you allow your heart, that spirit, you're prepared to receive constantly the word of God and be strengthened. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out from the mouth, that proceeds from the mouth of God. You feed your spirit so that your spirit is strong. Then your emotions, your mind will not take over and lead you astray. You just don't go by what is, feels good. And what you hear that feels good, you stay with what the word says. And that's what transforms a man's life. Out of your heart comes the issues of life. So we need to know that. That's the first thing. Your destiny depends on the condition of your heart. The second thing is we need to recognize that the heart can be deceitful. The heart can be very deceitful. You don't want to get there. Once a heart becomes deceitful. 
Because you will not even be aware of it. You think you're doing right. And your spirit is deceived. So we need to keep our heart with all diligence. Jeremiah 17 verse 9 said, The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Who can know the thoughts and the intents of the heart of man? You can't. But if you have prepared your heart right, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 tells us that the word of God is living and powerful, quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the dividing of soul and spirit. The bone, the joints and marrow, and is also a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The word, the word of God will discern the thoughts and the intents of your heart. If you have prepared your heart right, your heart and you receive the seed of God's word, the seed of God's word in your heart will reveal to you your thoughts and your intents. Makes them clear. You have to recognize that the word of God is God. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So when you receive that seed of the word of God in your heart and there are other thoughts and intents that are not right, the word will reveal it to you. And that will only happen if you have prepared your heart properly to receive. I'm ready to do whatever God says. I'm willing. It's a question of choice. So when you're ready, the word of God will divide. That's not right. This is the right thing. That's a bad motive. You need to con- you straighten up. I remember the story of Kenneth Hagin when God called him to a place to preach. And uh, he, he obeyed. He didn't want to go, but he obeyed. He, he wanted to do right. He was in a very comfortable place in the church. They were paying him right. He had a parsonage. The members were good. They were good to him. They gave to him. He was having fun. He was going to stay in that place and minister until he died. And then God called him to a smaller church where he knew they couldn't pay him his salary and he didn't know if the people were nice. So he started arguing with God. He didn't want to go. But God would not let. So finally he went in obedience to God. And he went there and he was ministering. The people were responding but the blessings were not coming upon his life. And he was saying, God... He's crying out to God, God, I obeyed you, and I did what, now look, I'm, I'm suffering. I did what you asked me to do. I told you before, <laughs> I wanted to stay back there. But now, here I am in this place, I've obeyed your call, and, and, I, and I'm not being blessed. God said, yeah, you obeyed, but you were not willing. The thoughts and the intents of the heart. You did obey me, but you were not willing. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19, if you are willing and obedient... Then you will eat of the good of the land. He said he was obedient, but he was not willing. Uh, Kenneth Hagin said, I got willing in a hurry. <laughs> he said, God, I switched my mind. I'm willing right now. Let the blessings flow. So we have to prepare our heart. And even though he thought he was doing right, see, his heart was deceiving him. But the word of God brought that out. You were willing. I mean, you were obedient, but you were not willing. So he knew where he was wrong, the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The heart is deceitful above all. You couldn't argue with God if you knew you were in disobedience, right? When he was arguing, he thought he was right. 
But the word of God made it right. Because he wanted to do God's will. And God said, no, you were obedient, but you were not willing. The word says, willing and obedient. You were halfway there. Amen. So, we need to recognize that, that the heart is this, can be deceitful. The third thing is the heart can be hardened. Even a Christian's heart can be hardened. There's a potential there for your heart to be hardened. Depending on what you focus on. Your heart can be softened or hardened. The Bible tells us this. You can read in, um, I believe in Hebrews chapter 3 verse 7, uh, verse 14, and then chapter 4 verse 7 as well. It says, when you, today if you will hear his voice, do not harden your heart as in the days of provocation. So your heart, that's New Testament. That says your heart can be hardened. And repeated careless behavior soon find reasons for justification. When you keep repeating one thing, it's a careless behavior, you justify it. And then your heart is hardened, you don't feel anything bad about it anymore. That's a, this is a serious danger because it's a condition of the heart. It gets hardened. And when there's an unrepentant sin in your life, your heart gets hardened. After a while, you won't even know it. Everyone can see it, but you can see it. There's no way you can see it. It's a really dangerous place to be. It will take the grace of God to get you out of it. Because you can't see it. It can be staring you in the face and you still can justify it and move out of it. And believe you're doing right. You still believe you're doing right. And that's a tough place to be. That's why I believe in just one chapter God repeated two times. Hebrews chapter 3 I believe. And then chapter 4 verse 7 again. Don't harden your heart. You can. It's a possibility. At first, you know, you feel like, oh, why did I do this? I just told a white lie. I don't know whether it's a black lie or a white lie, but we call it a white lie, you know. I just told a white lie. Well, I needed to do that, otherwise I get fired from my job. I'll repent later. And then you tell another white lie to cover the first white lie. And you justify, before long it's no big deal anymore. And you're telling great lies. And it doesn't bother you. And you're still a believer. I can make you speak in tongues anytime you want. That's the hardening of death. See, God cannot deal with a stony heart. He just cannot deal with it. You won't have any new revelation from His Spirit. It is the Spirit that gives you revelation. You stay with your old revelation and keep repeating your old revelation with no new one. Your heart is hardened. That's a possibility for a person. Uh, Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 25, 26, 27. It says, I'll give you a new heart, a new spirit I will put within you. I will take the stony heart out of your flesh. Stony heart, heart out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. The heart of flesh is what responds to God. Now you can, according to Hebrews, you can actually get your heart so hardened, there's no spirit. God said, I will put my spirit within you, not the stony heart, the new heart, the heart of flesh. 
But once you have a hardened heart, you can continue to do the same thing. It just won't bother you. I've had Christians argue with me about things that are so clear in the word of God. They don't see it. That Christian, a fellow came in here. He's suffering financially. He won't pay his tithe. He'll argue with you. There's no scripture I show him. He just don't listen. You just leave him alone. There's no way to, to help him. Even though he was hurting. And I guess he listened to me for a while. And God started blessing him. And he turned back again. Went right back. And we're now hearing difficulties in his life. So you have to understand. Your heart can be hardened. You have to prepare your heart. It's so good to prepare your heart beforehand. So that you don't buy away from it. I learned this good lesson before I came to the United States. To get your heart ready beforehand. So that when you deal with this stuff, now you can be shaking a little bit, but your heart is fixed. And when you're shaking, it shakes you. You say, I don't think this is the way I want to go. Because I didn't prepare my heart to go this way. So you feel really bad, and you straighten up again. You say, no. And you go back, oh my God, what's happening to me? That's not where I want to go. So you straighten up. Now, before I came to the United States, it used to be, you know, you grew up in Africa. I never heard about you know, uh, uh, a highway with three lanes on one side. Hey. And they said there are certain parts of the United States where you have six lanes on one side. Hey, wait a minute. We barely have two lanes. On, I mean, you mean six lanes? That's incredible. It'd be fun driving. In a place like that. And you hear about, you know, one highway going from one end to the other. To go to the United States, amen. But they said there were some so, such good things in the United States that would draw you away from the Lord. Don't say amen. It would be wrong place to say amen. <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't figure out what the good things were. And I knew of brothers, they'll tell me, hey, you're trying to go to America? I said, yes. I finally found out my pastor was even afraid when I was planning to come. He told me in California, he said, we were very afraid that you were going to fall away from the Lord. Everyone was afraid. And I was afraid as well. I just didn't know what to do. But I already committed. They were giving me admission. I was going. And I said, boy, whatever monkey it is that's called backsliding. Uh, I don't want that monkey on my back. God, please help me. So I made up my mind I was going to go. And they said, the great brothers, the strong ones have been, and look at them, they have all all fallen away from the Lord. Uh, And you are one of the weak ones. So (laughs) what's going to happen to you when you go? And I can argue with them that I wasn't one of the weak ones. So I'm just going to go and find out how they backslide. But I made up my mind, no matter what it is, I am not going to backslide. I will stay with God, no matter what they have. Even if they have to eat their food from a gold plate. If that's what makes them backslide, I will not eat from that plate. I made up my mind, there's no way I'm going to backslide. And I got here, and I got my defense. Anything that moves, I witness to it. If you move, I witness. I met a lady today. She was telling me how Angela and I, we came into this apartment complex. And how we got her. I had forgotten. We got her to start going from 
from door to door. I guess I'd made Annie did that too, right, Annie? <laughs> from door to door, just witnessing. You say, I, I love to witness, but it really, it was a defense mechanism for me to not to backslide. <laughs> so no one can make me backslide. You tell me to go to party, I, I witness to you. So the next time the guy says, let's go to party, good luck. And his friend is saying, you don't want to talk to him about partying. He doesn't like that. And sometimes I feign anger. I scream at them when they do something real bad. And they say, that thing makes him really mad. No, I was feigning real anger so that they tell their friends not to bother me with that backsliding stuff. You have to prepare your heart beforehand. Very, very important. I believe that's by the grace of God. I've never been perfect, but that's kept me to today. You make up your heart, this is what I'm going to do for God. And I'm not going to go away from it. I'm going to be in church every day, every Sunday. I'll be there. Regardless, you prepared your heart. When you're not there, you'll feel bad. I'm going away from it. I'm going to study my Bible. If you're not doing it, you'll feel bad. But if you haven't prepared your heart, it doesn't bother you. You were not ready. And so Satan can take you off and you're not even aware. You know, you heard about the frog in the water, hitting the water. That's what's going to happen when your heart is not prepared. Because Commitment belongs to the heart. To make a commitment to God comes from your heart. You commit to God from your heart. From the, from, it says, with your heart, man believes unto what? Righteousness. It's the heart. What transforms your life is coming from your heart. That commitment to serve God for the rest of your life is coming from your heart. With the heart, man believes unto righteousness. With the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. So it is with your heart you make that strong commitment. And so you can make a commitment ahead of time. This is what I'm not going to do. That doesn't mean you're not going to do it. But when you do it, because your heart is committed, you cannot sleep. You're straightening it immediately. But if you have not made up your heart... You have let yourself up for chance. Whatever happens, let it come. You're not ready. So that's the important thing. I read this scripture to you about uh, Rehoboam, how important it is for us to prepare our heart. Because if you don't, you're just going to do evil. That's what it is. You're going to do something that is not pleasing to God. Once your heart is not made up, before you get there, for the word of God, whatever, you're going to do something that's not right. In that scripture also, Second Chronicles chapter 12, verse 14 and 15, it says, And he did evil. Why? Because he did not prepare his heart to seek the Lord. That's the only reason why he did evil. I'm not going further than that. He did not prepare his heart. You know who they're talking about? It's Rehoboam, the son of Solomon. Grandfather David. The only reason he failed was because he didn't prepare his heart. He was not ready. He just allowed whatever. If you read about Rehoboam, Rehoboam was really careless. He won't listen to his father's counselors. He had his bunch of friends. He'll call them, it was like a game. Okay, you guys tell me what to do with these guys. And they're telling him, nah, you need to do this and do this. Just young people, do this, do this. He wasn't ready. He didn't prepare his heart to do right. He just, whatever comes. 
And guess what? He did what was evil. God even told him, don't fight with, your, with uh, Jeroboam. That's your brothers. That's an Israel, Judah. Don't fight with them. Just leave him alone. He didn't listen. He fought with him all the days of his life. He did what was evil. Why? He did not prepare his heart. The preparation of the heart belongs to a man. You prepare your heart before you get there. You prepare your heart. You know, people talk about praying uh, for revival. You know why they get revival? They prepared their heart through prayer. Ready for it. They were praying for it. You can't be praying for something if you're not ready for it. They prepared your heart for it. So they get revival. Even if it doesn't hit the church, they'll have their own revival. Because they're praying for it. They're getting your heart ready for it. Whatever you pray for, that's you're getting your heart ready for it. There's another king named Uzziah. He says uh, in Second Chronicles chapter 26, verse 3 uh, through 5, he says Uzziah was 16 years old when he became king and he reigned 52 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name was Jecoliah of Jerusalem. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord according to all that his father Amaziah had done. He sought God, listen, he sought God in the days of Zechariah, you remember Zechariah the prophet, who had understanding in the visions of God, and as long as he sought the Lord, as long as he sought the Lord, God did what? Made him to prosper. He was listening to the visions from Zechariah. He was listening to what Zechariah was showing him from the Lord. His heart was ready for it. And as Zechariah gave him, he sought after God, and the Bible says, as long as he sought after God, God made him to prosper. He got his heart ready. If you read about this man, God did amazing things. I can't go into all of the scriptures because of time. I'd like you to read it. Second uh, Chronicles chapter 26. It was an amazing thing. I mean, God blessed him so much, he, he became... Uh, so famous, even all the way to Egypt. They were talking about this guy from this little kingdom, Judah. Because he was seeking God with his whole heart. And not only that, God started giving the people of Judah inspired ideas. They were inventing machines for war. When the people of God together in the Ark Fellowship, we all make up, made up, make up our minds. We are going to really follow after God hard, no holding back. You'll be amazed what inventions will be coming into the hearts of people. God gave them the power to invent machines for war. That's what happens when people obey God. Now, <laughs> God helped him. I need to read this scripture here because it's God that helps. In Second uh, Chronicles 26, verse 15, it says, And he made devices in Jerusalem invented, uh, invented by skillful men. The devices there, sometimes we have it machines. He made devices in Jerusalem invented, just new inventions, by skillful men. To be on the towers and the corners to shoot arrows and large stones. They were up there. They knew how to prepare it to defeat their enemies. New machines. So his fame spread far and wide. For he was marvelously helped. 
till he became strong. Everything that was happening was because he was being helped. When you seek after God with all of your heart, God will help you. No matter, I mean, you will be marvelously helped by God. But he took his eyes, you read the whole thing, he took his eyes off God, he became proud. And he burnt incense by himself. Only the priest would do that and destroyed himself. I want to read about another king and then I'll quit tonight. Second Chronicles chapter 27, another one that sought after God with his heart. 27, 5, and 6. And this is about King Jotham. Verse 5 says, He also fought with the king of the Ammonites and defeated them. And the people of Ammon gave him in that year 100 talents of silver, 10,000 cores of wheat, and 10,000 of barley. The people of Ammon paid this to him in the second and the third year also. Now see what happened. So Jotham became mighty because he prepared his ways before the Lord his God. Why did he become mighty? He prepared his ways before the Lord his God. His heart was ready. Everything he did, he made ready for his God. So he became mighty. And these things are written for our own example. You can do the same. And you can prepare your heart to seek God. And it won't be long before you become mighty. But if you take your heart off and think you're some kind of wisdom that you have. And you become proud. Then you end up like Uzziah. Going into places where you shouldn't go. And then destroying yourself. But as long as he sought the Lord, he was marvelously helped. And people invented machines in the kingdom. Would you stand up with me tonight? There are, there are things that uh, you know yourself, the things that you're going through... Maybe the areas where you know I need, I need some marvelous help from God <laughs> in your life. It's not like God is angry with you. It's just that he needs to be closer, you know, so that he can walk in your life. And your heart determines that. If you say yes, he gets as close as you, as you want him to get close. He, you determine that. And everything is in, in the condition of your heart. No holding back. A lot of Christians are holding back a lot. You know, they have a lot of good excuses why they couldn't do this. And they expect God to understand. Well, I tell you, you can give one, one hour to God. And he can give you years. Meaning, he can do something in your life in just one year. That you've been trying to accomplish 25 years ago. And gotten nowhere. Just because you gave him some time. The end is always better than the beginning. So you can make a commitment today. 
I am going to follow the Lord regardless. I may not let go of everything and let God have my heart. Give me your heart, my son. Prepare your heart. We want to do that tonight. Not that you're not a child of God. You are a child of God. But sometimes we have corners in our lives where we don't want God to get into. Because that's my point. In the United States, don't come into my space. You know what that means? <laughs> that's my space. You don't do that with God. You don't have no space with God. You want him all. Take full control. I believe that's what you want. That's what I want for my life. Can we lift our hands to the Lord tonight and let him know that we have no space in our lives, that he cannot come in. No space. We are willing to go all the way, even if it costs us something. Yes, we are willing to let go. Even if it costs us shame, in the eyes of men. But if God is proud of me, I'm happy. No matter what, I'm turning everything loose to the Lord tonight. I'm turning everything loose. I'm saying, God, I'll go all the way. I'll go all the way. I want no compromise. Help me, God. I'm preparing my heart tonight, Lord God, to follow you. I know I'm not perfect, but I'll do what you say. I'll do by your power, by your grace. I know I'm loved. I just want to please you. That's all I want. I just want to please you. I want to please you. I give you my heart totally tonight. Father, we thank you. We know you've heard us. We are your dear children. There's nothing that we can do that will make you turn away from us. But we want your favor on our lives. So, Lord, we will be willing, and we are willing, and we will be obedient. To everything you ask us to do, we thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. I know the Lord has heard your prayer tonight, and uh, you will be marvelously helped by the Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. The past is gone, this is a new day, amen? So let's go. God bless you.